Hey, everybody, and welcome to the 35mm Colonoscopy Podcast, the show where we go colon deep with our unfiltered takes on the movies we've been watching. My name is Spencer. As always, I'm joined by my main man, Giovanni. I'm also joined by my other good buddy, Aaron, whose favorite sport is badminton. Can't say I agree with him on that. Favorite, though? I mean, favorite? Can't hate. Yeah. Come on, Spencer. That's not cool. We'll see. We'll see. I just don't believe in foreign sports. Uh, guys, today's movie is Blowout. Um, I'm sure if you've been with us for a while, you can guess uh, which of the three of us chose that. Um, it's a 1981 Brian De Palma film starring the one and only John Travolta, amongst others. Um, it's a, well, you know, I'm not even going to say what it's about. Or we're just going to assume you've seen it. Uh, Gia, why don't you uh, break? No, actually, no, no. Aaron, how about you break us in with your initial thoughts? A nice mess up there, Spencer. Uh, anyway, really <laughs> uh, I really liked this. I enjoyed it. Um, there's there's a lot of good, good things to like about this. Uh, I really like the uh, what what what's, what's the word I'm looking for here? The attention to different aspects of filmmaking that you normally wouldn't see. You always see kind of like the in movies we they always portray like the sets and you know the big like grandiose like people acting actors stuff like that directors you never really see stuff from the the little the little guys like the 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 electrical like equipment workers like stuff like that but in this you, you really get like a a sense into a, a fully artist or um like a sound mixer uh but i think it actually shows like it shows off that like really well like it shows him like actually like putting together like like putting a film stock on like the reel of the, mm-hmm. the the tape recorder stuff like that shows him like actually recording like uh uh like uh room tone and stuff like that it, it's, i think it's really cool and how he like used to be a like an undercover like operative like how he would like rig people with uh wires and stuff like i thought mm-hmm. that was so cool and so interesting to see uh, but John Travolta's performance in this was actually really good. I forgot that this was like at the point yeah. where like this was at like the height of John Travolta's career, you know, where yeah. this was like pre him a... like, ba- like bowing out like before he gets back into it with Pulp Fiction, you know. Uh, yeah, but... I forgot what the uh, term is. This is like the peak, and then everything. Yeah. Uh, you guys remember uh, like middle school when in English class they'd make us draw that triangle for yeah. like plots. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. This is we're at the the tip of the, the John action. Travolta story, and then we we're about to hit a big drop, yeah, um, for the next like thirteen years. Well, yeah, yeah, no, no. That's what it is. Man's man's thoughts. Yeah, this is a really good movie. It was a movie where at like after like I finished it a few hours later, I was like, it's better than. Like, I liked it when it ended, and then I liked it more later, like, when I thought about mm-hmm. it more. And sometimes, like, we've done movies on the podcast before. I remember, like, First Reformed, um, that Ethan Hawke movie, was one where I, when we finished it, I was like, that was pretty solid. And then as, as time went on, I was like, I don't think it was. I, I liked it less <laughs> as I got away from it. And this one was, like, the opposite. I got more appreciation for it, like, the more I thought about it. I was like, yeah, that was really good. It had a great feel to it. It was just really well done. Um yeah, I, I liked it. It was kind of like not really a unique story in the, you know, it's like, oh, you know, the dirty politicians, things like that. But in like the the like 
the person who's telling the narrative being like a sound guy and all that stuff. That's something we had not quite seen before. And I enjoyed it. I thought this was very entertaining and very well done. Yeah, no, yeah, no, I obviously chose the movie. This is, uh, this is definitely one that's, uh, one that's close to the heart. I love this film. This is, this is Brian De Palma's, like, for my, uh, in my opinion, is like, is like opus in terms of filmmaking, not in terms of like the film itself, and in terms of filmmaking, like all of the, all of the editing, all of the, uh, all of the shots, all of the, yeah, yeah, I, I just, uh, in terms of all of that stuff, this is his true opus, you know, and I guess his like masterpiece overall would probably be either, for me, either Scarface or Phantom of the Paradise, but that's personal opinion. Uh, maybe, uh, but yeah, no, this is, this is, this is amazing. This is, uh, this is the Palma's reinterpretation or remake, I guess you can call, call it of, uh, Michelangelo, uh, Michelangelo Antonioni's, uh, original, uh, blow up, which was like, had a similar plot, but, uh, instead of, instead of a sound designer, it, he was, uh, he was a photographer in the sixties. And, uh, that was a big brown, uh, boundary breaking movie that had a lot of influence. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola made his own version of it uh, called The Conversation, which I personally think is actually better, uh, objectively speaking, than this movie, Blowout. But this contains John Travolta's absolute best performance uh, ever, I think, personally. Grease mm. uh, aside, obviously. Am I right, guys? <laughs> Come on. But uh, no, no, but seriously. Yeah, no, this is, this is, this is a fantastic film. I mean, uh, in terms of all the filmmaking aspects, it's got sick. I guess a generic story to in terms of today's standards, but generic only in yeah. that in that it's been done so many times afterwards that it's that it, that the uh, that the first few or, or the ones in the in the beginning always look to be a stale in comparison. But uh, but yeah, no, I fucking love this movie. Absolute classic, uh, all, all around, all around. But uh, but yeah, let's let, let's jump right into mm -hmm. it, guys. All right, we'll get into the specifics. Um... So yeah, I, I don't know uh, what our the episode release schedule looks like at the moment, but I'll give you some inside baseball. We just recorded the Wish Upon episode, and we talked about how horrible that opening of the movie was. Now this is a great opening. This is a this is a good opening to a movie. Um, yes, sir. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> you can't see Gio, but he's making I, some I could, good. I can swear. No, all I saw, all I saw. And Spencer's like whole demeanor right there was was uh, was fucking one uh, one of the Sopranos just being like you know what this 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 is Gabagool right here <laughs> amazing all right. all right that other stuff no nah. this right this here. is arts uh, this yeah um, uh, yeah this uh, the opening to this movie felt like like the perfect drive-in movie uh, I was like they yeah. would definitely show this at like Aaron's work for sure um, hey. this is like <laughs> I, I i yeah it was I, I have to say though not super accurate to how people live in sororities um but nonetheless uh very uh, fun i was just uh, i was just thinking the same thing you know this is that that opening if you don't for uh if you need a refresher the opening starts off with like uh it's uh it's the it's like the movie that they're making within the movie and it's uh it's a generic slasher you know pov shot you're the killer. You're going through a girl's dorm. And half of them are naked. The other half are dancing, like in lingerie for no reason. 
know, just, yeah, in their, they're just in the room dancing, just two of them. I was like, I don't just, think yeah, exactly, just, exactly. Like, like this is basically what every guy thinks like a girl's dorm is. <laughs> yeah, this is this. That's the exact interpretation of it. You know, um, I think a couple of them were kissing, like for no reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't know. But that's the vibe. That's the vibe. You know, it's like nothing. Yeah. None of this. None of this actually happens. Like, and then, and yeah. then, of course, when the killer goes in, and you have a, a, a sort of uh, psycho scene where you know he pulls back the curtains and kills her, but she gives off like a like a kind of something similar to uh, to a possum dying uh, sound mm-hmm. noise that a possum uh, a noise of a sound of a possum <clears throat> dying, and then you cut to John Travolta and the the nameless supporting actor. Uh, yeah. yeah. Film talking about this isn't a screen, but I, it was yeah, fantastic. It's definitely yeah. It's how sororities were, uh, how sororities were represented before uh, Me Too ruined everything. Aaron, what are your thoughts <laughs> on uh, you know, they give us some specifics, maybe not on the opening scene, but just I don't know some things you liked about the movie. Oh, uh, one thing that I found really interesting that I that that was my uh like my big note that I that I really wanted to bring up was i was so obviously he's in the scene where he's syncing up the splash to his audio you know where he has like the the guy taking the nighttime photography if he syncs uh-huh. it up i was like oh i bet oh i would use because I, I like obviously i'm i edit these i'm i'm an editor like you know i've, I've been editing for a while <laughs> i was like oh i would sync that up with the splash that'd be the easiest part of that to sync up with because you know where the splash is in the audio tape and you know where it is in there and then two seconds later he starts syncing it up with the flash he doesn't even like mention it he just starts doing it. i'm like yes yes that, that's, yes. that's what i do yes yes, yes. <laughs> it got me so hyped for it. i was like yes i know exactly what's going on here and so does he i was like oh that's awesome it's just showing the love for the you know the little guys in the, yeah, in the filmmaking yeah. like those little things that you don't think about like when you're watching a movie like you don't think about them having to sync up the audio because you're not even thinking that they're recording audio separately like they're recording totally separate audio tracks and it's just so weird how a lot of people just don't really think about that because they don't need to you know it's not necessary to watch the movie and be like oh yeah yeah this 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 and this yeah. like all these yeah. small little guys that are working on this so hard to like that that probably took him like hours to sync up that audio and to get the tracks right and to like you saw him in the animation studio where he was cutting all of those pictures together it was so cool it's such mm-hmm. an interesting mm-hmm. like way to do it. basically solving a mystery with like yeah. movie making yeah, so cool. shit i thought it was so interesting that's what i really exactly. loved about this movie that's like the, the was the big thing for me i don't know how you guys exactly. feel about and it's it. all and it's everything like it's everything with it specifically like with sally's character who basically almost like uh represents uh not not in terms of like thematically but just like uh as, as like a, a subtle thing uh like how people view movies you know they just kind of like go to enjoy them she didn't yeah. really understand you know was having didn't really understand that you could that you cut you know sound uh separately at least in those times uh, uh, uh or you know i guess sometimes now but uh but uh, uh, specifically in the in the early '80s, late '70s, that you cut sound separately and you over uh, and you uh, and you and you cut it uh, or and you put it in separately. But uh, I think this this movie is uh, is his ode to filmmaking, or it is his ode to filmmaking. And more than that, I think uh, Quentin Tarantino. This exemplifies how Quentin Tarantino has basically modeled his entire career after Brian De Palma. Not only in terms of the range, but the subject matter. Here is basically like the blowout 
is like uh, is like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Obviously, like different in, in more than more than a few aspects, but both odes to filmmaking and then everything else on top of that. Like Brian De Palma has made this Scarface, Dressed to Kill, um, Phantom of the Paradise, and many more classics. Uh, Carrie, you know, yeah, which just which just range across like every genre of filmmaking you could think of, uh, and then some. And, and and kind of like the same thing with, uh, with with Quentin Tarantino. Not that he's copying him or anything, but that he's like he's definitely inspired by him. I mean, this is I mean, Blah is literally the reason. This is no secret, but this is literally the reason why John Travolta even got cast in Pulp Fiction later on uh, when uh, when when Quentin was making it because he just he he loved it. Uh, he loved the movie so much, and he specifically loved Travolta's acting in it. So I, I, I mean, uh, that's something that I always take away from this. I I, I just love that. I mean, uh, Brian De Palma's like, so, I mean, of course, and Quentin Tarantino too. So of cool. course, I love that. So. I do. Before we get too far away from the opening scene, I do want to talk about the dialogue right after when you show the five minutes, just like shorty girls who are either uh, naked or partially clothed, and they're just like dancing, and then they just get killed. And it cuts to John Travolta. He's like, I like to think that this is our finest film yet. That was so <laughs> funny to me. Oh and then, so good. And then when he he's like, How many movies have we done together? And he names like six. He's like, We've been together for almost two years now. That was awesome. <laughs> oh my god. Snarky. So good. Yeah. I love that he's like aware that he makes shitty movies. It's really oh yeah, funny. yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't not be aware. Right? Of course, yeah. yeah. But he like totally admits it to like. Who I assume that's like the director or somebody like higher up than you know him than himself, but I think it's yeah. so funny that he's just like, <laughs> just like yeah, I make I make really bad movies. He even admits it to the to what's what's her name? I I'm blanking on the name. Sally. Right? Sally. I yeah. Think Sally. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. This. It's I funny. think. I think it's always the post production guys that are the most aware that they mm -hmm. make either bad or good movies. It, it's like it, it. It's just like when yeah, you're in. I, see it. I, I think. I remember, yeah, because you, I mean, because you actually see it, and you have to cut it together, and you have to make it, try to make it, you know, watchable, or you know, just, uh, or, or, um, you know, make it better in any way you can. But I think I remember like, a, 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 like a in the movie Disaster Artist or something, or like an interview for it, an interview for the movie. Like Dave Franco was talking about, like, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, there was, he was talking about why he loves the room specifically, and he said, well, you know, it's because sometimes, uh, you think. You're on a set and you're like, oh god, everyone's everyone's really feeling it. Everyone's really into it. You know, you, you're gonna win like ten Oscars on this, blah blah. This is your best work, and then it comes out and it's shit, and it, and it's kind of disappointing. But you kind of have to keep like that love for the for filmmaking or just like the the whole like industry in general alive with that. You know, so it's it's just kind of hard in the moment to know whether or not it's gonna be good or or, or bad, really, unless it's just unless it's just actual shit, <laughs> and then I'm pretty sure anyone. Anyway. Yeah, um, let's see what, oh yeah, <laughs> just a small note, but when Travolta's on the bridge, like that, whoever the actual sound effects guy or sound guy was for this movie, he really went all out. That was like, of course he did. this was his moment to shine, and there was like 20 <laughs> different sounds. He was like, this is, this is me, this is it. He is John Travolta, he is, he's the man in the scene. Yeah, <laughs> I have that note too, that the... The sound, the sound designer for this was like, was probably like, oh yeah, like this is, this I am is gonna it. do <laughs> the best goddamn job. I'm gonna look up who the sound designer was on this real quick. He's like, this, this is my game seven right here. This is Fucking it. Finally, <laughs> like, finally, finally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Dude, yeah, no, I think, uh, yeah, no, this, that, that first scene, you know, with the crash, uh, and he's, you know, he's out recording everything, uh, that's, like, his best use of split screen within this movie, personally, I mean, he uses it, yeah, yeah. there's a lot, yeah, yeah, he flexes the split screen, I mean, you know, it's the classic De Palma um, split screen quotes, and he uses it in his other movies, of course, but here, he just really flexes it, and uh, and that, among other things, too, there's a bunch of techniques that he uses, or that are associated with them. But I think that that first uh, that first scene with all the sound uh, with all the uh, all the sounds and, uh, and and shot composition is that's really great. Well, his or his use of split screen in that instance really fantastic. You know, it's got like the owl and the close up. Yeah, but yeah. Then, you know, yeah, yeah. Side, you know, and then you know, moves to the frog, all that, all that. I mean, honestly, um, while we're on the cinematography, like there was, it was phenomenal. It oh, was yeah. phenomenal. It's definitely, Aaron. I know it's more of your expertise but there were so many great zooms i think they're correct me if i'm wrong split diopter is that yeah that yeah. the thing yeah yep. i was trying to remember because everybody just calls it the brian de palma shot but i didn't want to call it that in a brian de palma movie yeah it's like inception it's like brian de palma within a brian de palma um but <laughs> i mean it was honestly it was phenomenal a lot of scenes that just looked great that was one of the things where i was like wow that, that really got me in this movie where i was like this has a great look to it but there's like in addition to all the acting and like just the cool like things that are going on it was presented in a beautiful way yeah this uh the cinematographer is like i I i'm not super familiar with his work i'm not even gonna try to pronounce his name but dude he's been making (laughs) he he passed away four years ago i think yeah four years ago but he's made some like classic he's uh been the cinematographer some classic movies the long goodbye Close Encounters of the Third Kind, The Deer Hunter, but I mean, oh. dude, his his first credit on IMDb yeah. is 1953. Fuck. Oh man. And his last credit was a year before he died in 2014. God. Like, dude, this guy was making movies. This guy was nuts. Behind the camera guys, they they worked like I'm to the you, end not- of the line. Yeah. Specifically, Brian De Palma's guys, man. I'm telling you, you got you got to surround yourself with people that love you know film when you're on it when you're on a set like this or like you know when you've been making movies for a while. You know, it, it can it, it just adds to the energy and uh, and all of the passion that goes into it. And it, it's exemplified here. You know, like we said before, you know, the sound guy was probably fucking ecstatic when he got this job, or like he's probably been working mm-hmm. for a while. Who knows? Uh, you got to have that love for film in order to really or a passion at least if you want to hope to make. Yeah. It. And those, like, those old Hollywood guys, like, they really, they really have it. I heard this, like, story that when Henry Fonda, when he was on, like, his deathbed, he was worried that his performance wasn't good in his last, his last movie. Oh, my God. I don't don't think I did a good job. It's like, dude, you're Henry Fonda. You're, you're the goat. Like, my God. You get it. We've seen one Henry Fonda film on, uh, on this, on his pod, right? Yeah. Two. No, two. We did, uh, the. Oh, oh yeah, we did. And, um, uh, my, name my name is nobody. Is nobody. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about that one. Once, yeah, we need to do one once upon a time in the West sometime. I think Definitely. it's on uh, it's on Netflix or Prime or something like that. Huh? It's probably yeah, right on Prime. Yeah, Prime's got a lot of good stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah Prime's I'll do a quick search. This was a Prime one, right? Blow up. Was yeah, blow up. I think so. Prime. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know what? I think my favorite scene, though, my favorite scene in this entire film, is uh, specifically the one. It's just after uh, John Travolta gets uh, Sally uh, Sally out of the hospital and takes her to like, a <laughs> and then like he you know sits down over in the like she's asleep 
she he sits down over in the corner with his like with his recorder and puts the headphones on and he just grabs like a pencil and then the, and then Brian De Palma, or like uh, you know the camera follows the pencil and it cuts back and forth with the uh, it cuts back and forth um, from like the you know his hand with the pencil in it and uh, and the original scene where the crash uh, yeah. of, uh, the crash happened and then all the sounds specifically you know he points towards here this is where he heard like the frog sound points over here this is where he heard the couple points over here this is where he heard the original blowout and or and the crash and it's like oh, it's just fucking it, 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 it's chef's kiss absolute cherry it, it's, <laughs> like uh it, it's just the biggest flex in this entire movie basically i mean he, yeah. he, he uses split screen not only the cutbacks he uses kind of like split screen uh for a couple of the shots and uh and just superb like just everything in that fucking in that fucking scene is phenomenal i don't know i don't know why it's like mm-hmm. crack it's the it's the editing really i mean dude i just so while you're talking about that i was looking up the editor right uh-huh. this editor is nuts like i'm gonna list off some of the stuff he's done he works with brian de palma a lot he did sisters with them phantom of the paradise carrie but he also <laughs> edited star wars a new hope uh oh empire God. strikes back um what was it? ferris bueller's day off <laughs> um dude this man was crazy and then he did a, a, like a couple mission possibles too oh, my God. oh that's probably the best ones yeah probably it's a he ghost did. protocol that's the one he did oh yeah no, it was, see yeah uh, uh, oh ghost protocols are good that's yeah. it i don't remember anything about the editing but i remember it's a good movie yeah, um, yeah that's crazy dude he did he went from empire strikes back to this back fuck. to back Double kill, man. Dude, yeah, he worked with Brian De Palma a lot, I guess. Uh, all of the Brian De Palma movies I I recognize are on here. I do think it's it's worth mentioning. Oh, and planes and trains. Uh, that that right before. I'm sorry. What was that, Aaron? Planes, trains, and automobiles. He also edited that. Holy I'm shit. glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up. It's rant time. Uh, I need to talk about this re- proposed remake of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh, here, we here we go. Um, this has been. Hollywood's been doing the remakes and the unnecessary sequels for years now, and they've crossed the line many a times, but I think that this, to me, is the most egregious. How dare you think that you can replicate the heart and the humor and the, the feel and the meaning and the vibes of the original Planes, Trains, and Automobiles with John Candy and Steve Martin, with all due respect to Will Smith and Kevin Hart, and it's not much. How dare you think that you can replace those two and replace that movie? You can't. You can't. Just leave it alone. Just leave it alone. There's no need for a remake. You only do a remake if you think you can make it better. You cannot possibly make planes, trains, and automobiles better. And these guys, they have they can do other movies. Why are they doing that? I was livid when I first saw it. I've clearly calmed down since, but I cannot believe that this is happening. I hope that this movie fails at the box office. I don't know how many people listening to this, but I just beg of you to not go watch it. Um, I hope that it loses all of its money and that whoever greenlit this project loses their job and never gets hired again. This is God. absurd. Holy shit, God. Spencer. I'm, this is absurd. Honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm proud, man. You know what? Speaking of remakes, I mean, like you, I, you know, like you mentioned this, I mean, this brings up a really good point, you know, remakes, they're meant to somehow improve upon the original uh, in some way. Or at least it, have it, some it, kind of commentary. In some, in some way, yeah. Or add some sort of commentary. You know, sometimes, 
sometimes if a movie had some uh, like some actual like issues or problematic things, you know, yeah. they kind of address that in in the remake. You know, kind of like almost like a not parody. I I, I not not satire either. It's like a I don't know. It's like a critique of itself. Yeah. In, in terms of uh, in terms of that, uh, and this blowout is technically. I mean, it would be a remake. It's the same exact story, uh, basically. You know, a couple things changed, uh, uh, and whatnot. But it's uh, this and conversation uh, as well. They're both remakes of the same movie, Blow, Blow Up, but they both improve upon Blow Up's original story uh, in, in at least in in at least one or two ways each. The, uh, they are both examples of uh, of excellent uh, remakes or excellent movies in general. I mean, the conversation itself, I think, won like a couple Oscars. One, one at least. One at least. I mean, that's a fantastic film. It won Best Picture, right? I'm pretty sure it did. I'm, yeah, I bet it did. I bet it did. Yeah, it, it's uh, uh, yeah, and uh, and 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 this blowout, uh, blowout, uh, it, it got it got panned when it first came out, and it kind of like it was kind of like resulted in John Travolta's original fall. Uh, you know, because like they pan him like, oh, a serious film. You know, oh, you know, whenever someone tries to do a serious film after having like a comedy or like whatever type of uh, more upbeat career before that, you know, they always get panned on their first on their first uh, serious role, and th- and that, that, that's what happened here. But uh, over time, especially with uh, Quentin Tarantino's like um, vocal love for it, kind of got like a through like a cult following, and people like reevaluated it and were able to see it for like the uh, you know greatness that it is. Uh, and but but going back to the original point, they both approve, improved upon the original film in some way. That's the whole point of a remake. You know, you only do that when you when you know you can make it better in some way. And that's just like what people are what studios specifically are forgetting, and the producers as well are forgetting when they greenlight these films. And well, when, when I just think they don't care. They they don't. Yeah, they they, don't they, don't, they just movies. don't care. It's it's not even about that they don't understand that. I think they do, because every single like think about it like this: Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I bet people didn't expect that to be like a good movie, you know? Yeah. They were probably like, "Oh god, another Blade Runner movie. This yeah, is gonna remake that's... the other one." But the point is, is they're doing this to make money. You got to remember that. So there, yeah, yeah. I guarantee that 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 movie will be made, Spencer, and they'll make another Sixteen Candles, and they'll make another Ferris Bueller's Day Off, because people are gonna see that and they're gonna go, "Oh, let me take my kids to go see that," because I saw Ferris Bueller's Day Off when I was a child, and I really yeah, liked it in the theater. It's usually like a, it's usually like almost a direct like day and night between whenever it's like a studio slash producer that tries to make a remake, and whenever it's like a director, a director yeah. Uh, trying to make a remake because usually the studio obviously the studio and the producers they're trying to make money and the director specifically Ridley Scott obviously with uh with Blade Runner um fucking uh, uh Brian, De Palma, Brian De Palma here uh was it called um Francis Ford Coppola with uh, the conversation usually it, 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 they either have like a love for the original film or uh, in Blade Runner's case like they actually made the original film and uh oh yeah sorry sorry yeah I totally like um uh mess up the director there but yeah but but you get it when whenever the director has like the love for the original film and like they kind of want to do something different with it or improve upon it that's when it usually actually comes out good yeah and that's like the yeah i mean yeah it's not okay (sighs) anyway anyway blow up blow up let's blow up we've let spencer cool down enough what yeah what i was gonna say before we got to the pta discussion um, was that right before that scene? Gio was talking about that the his favorite scene um, is when John Travolta asks her out like mere hours after he rescues her from drowning, 
he like saves her from the lake. He's like, well, we should go get a drink. Sometime. Well, does he does he really ask her out to like be like ooh ooh, or is he trying to like you know get information out of her? Uh, I think I think it kind of morphed into when 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 he said let's go get a drink. That's when I was like, hold on. All right, John, John, relax. John Travolta is poking through the character of Jack real quick. (laughs) JT, come on, come on, buddy. Yeah, no, it must have been. I mean, I I think I remember he got questioned first. Like, uh, he obviously saw her when he was like saving her, and I think there was like a small moment where like uh, I don't know, uh, they locked eyes or something. But you know, obviously she's running, and then like he got questioned by the police, and then like he went over to her room to check on her, see if she's okay. And then, like, she was kind of like sedated or whatever. And then, uh, and he was trying to get her in in the bed, you know, because she was like, whatever, falling over, just like trying to leave or whatever. And then, um, and then uh, I think she had suggested it, like, let's go out or or something. Like, while she was like, it was like they were in the hospital. And then, uh, and then, like, kind of like to like get her in bed, she, she, he was like, uh, okay, 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 I'll make you a deal. Like, well, if you get in bed, I'll come back, I'll get you a coat, blah, blah, and we'll go out and get things or whatever. And I ended like just getting, but I think that was like the original thing. But I think it eventually morphed into like you know JT trying to actually, uh, you know, uh, get drinks, and then like she tried to leave on the train, and he's trying to keep her there, so like distracts her, blah blah blah. Yeah. Also, uh, just a shout out to Chappaquiddick, the the event that clearly inspired this film, or at least this uh, type of um, political thing. What happened? Uh, Aaron, do you know what Chappaquiddick is? No, I have no idea. <gasps> inform me oh okay so chappaquiddick um this is massachusetts this is the kennedy family i'm forgetting which kennedy it was specifically um i'm gonna go with robert for now if i'm wrong i'm sorry robert but he essentially had a mistress with him um and they were driving in a car and he crashed off a bridge um into a lake and he escaped and survived and she drowned um See, that was Chappaquiddick. That was a pretty big deal, especially since it was like uh, 60s or 70s. And he had he had a mistress. So he had a mistress with him, and then they were found both dead, or what? No, he made it. He oh, survived. He, she, she she died. <laughs> yeah, he left her in the lake. He that's... survived. He left her in the lake. Yeah. I was gonna say that's funny, but that's not. I guess it's not funny. <laughs> Ted Kennedy. They actually. I I heard about it in like. Actually, it was first told to me by a. Mr. Bates in eighth grade and seventh grade math class. Shout out to him. Um, and then I heard about like history and government. And there's also a movie made about it in 2017. That was pretty solid. It was Ted Kennedy, by the way. My apologies, Robert Kennedy. Um, and then the reason the I name of Robert Kennedy. Yeah, a name. Um, the reason that I bring up the movie is because I thought it was bold to to cast uh both ed helms and jim gaffigan in serious dramatic roles um as well as the guy who voiced mr krabs and spongebob all in this bi- biopic of, about chappaquiddick but they were all really solid it was a good movie yeah yeah no speaking of which i would like to point out my boy john lithgow as the Woo! as the main villain that's right mm-hmm. What name off some movies that he's been in? Someone's who's, who's I got, I got you, I got you. Uh, Daddy's right, Home Two. Uh, oh God. Uh, <laughs> um, Interstellar, what baby. What was his name? Interstellar. John, it's um, John, John, John Lithgow. Lithgow. I feel like he plays uh, the old third guy rock from the like... sun. Bombshell. 
Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he played Ailes. I forgot about that. Did you see that, Spencer? Yes. Pittsburgh. Man, I, did not, I, just, I mean, point, uh, point obviously made. This man's The a new legend. Pet Cemetery. <laughs> he was in Pet Cemetery. That was, that was... I, I saw like 15 minutes of that, and then we had to turn off the TV. We, it, it, we could not watch. Oh, my God. Shrek's Thrilling Tales, Lord Farquaad, voice, video short. Is he Lord Farquaad? Yeah, no, he, was the, he, was the, he was the voice of Lord Farquaad, baby. No, he wasn't. Oh, my god. Yeah, goodness. he was. He was. Lord Farquaad, voice, 2001. Buddy, I'm a He's also... That Shrek, cast right? is absurd. Shrek's cast is ridiculous. What, you're just finding this out, my guy? Well, Come no, on. it's just like every, <laughs> it's just every single time I look at it, I'm like, what the, f- why the fuck do they have this many good people on it? It's not he that many voices, class. but it's just like, Jesus Christ. He was in Santa Claus. He was no. In, he was in the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. That's a classic. Right he was there. not in Santa Claus. He was in Santa Claus, dude. He was the fucking uh, what is it called? The uh, I think it's the the quote grandpa. Uh, it's like the dad of uh, of uh, whatever his name is. Hold up, hold up. Tim Allen. Tim Allen. Which Santa oh, Claus? Oh, you know what? I don't think Santa he's Claus in the, the movie. I'm mistaken. I'm mistaken here. I was gonna say it's a different one. Geo. Yeah. The Santa Claus. <laughs> no, not with Tim that's Allen. That's Aaron's movie. That that's is Aaron's my movie. movie right I, that's the. Okay, I don't have a lot of hills I die on, but that's one of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that goddamn movie is one of the hills yeah. I, I will Aaron's die like, on for the rest of my life. Aaron's hills. He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna die on the fact that Doctor Sleep shouldn't exist. I'm gonna die on Tim Allen's Santa Claus, and I'm gonna die on the fact that Adam Driver should have won. Best actor in a leading role of a Joaquin Phoenix. Speaking of which, we're yeah. gonna come back and reevaluate Spencer's stance on the cat in the hat. All right, it's gonna happen. Right? <laughs> You've got the card stacked oh, against you, buddy. All right, shit. we've seen. Do I? We've do seen I the numbers. We've seen the numbers. What numbers are you looking at? I'm looking spaces. at the numbers as we speak, and we're, and it's stacked against you right now. We've is it the 3.9 user spaces. score on IMDb? Is it the 28 meta score or whatever? Yeah, but is, is it Le- Emmanuel Lubezki? On the uh, cinematography there. I think it's currently the. It's a 19 meta score. It's a 19 meta score. Nah. Just saying. If we're if we're looking at the numbers. No, no. I'm if we're looking at the numbers, it's four to two in the group chat right now. Four in favor of. <laughs> oh man. Right. I was I was two, really hoping you would forget. Are, oh, fucking, are, are, are clearly on the wrong side of history. All right. And, and, <laughs> let me tell you. That movie, that movie's a fucking classic. All right, I won't get into. I won't. I'm. I'm. I'm starting to get upset. I, I won't get into it too. Much. I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm feeling the blood. I'm feeling the blood rush. And uh, that, that movie was made. Yeah. Oh, 2003. Yeah. Geo, um, I've seen it oh, but, recently. It's not good. I want to like Aaron, it. It's got Alec Baldwin in it as Aaron, a fucking adult. You're sorely mistaken. I'm sorry. <laughs> the guy's name is Welsh that made it. There's, they say there's he was the, the production designer on look, Men in Black. Look, there's this saying: "Good movie, opinions can't be wrong, but yours is." All right, and that's, <laughs> that's the issue here. Okay, there's 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 only a wrong opinion on one thing in this world, and that's Cat in the Hat. Okay, dude, <laughs> it still fucking blows my mind that Emmanuel Lebeski was the DP on this. That's ridiculous. Right. That's I, so funny. They had good, they had good writers too. They it, had like really good. Literally, the guy that did. The, the guy that did yeah. listing off movies from this guy's career is incredible. This is my favorite cinematographer, by the way. It's it, it's Children of Men, Gravity, The Revenant, Birdman, Cat in the Hat. All classics. All classics. <laughs> oh, classics. Okay, Geo. I don't know if I can call Gravity a classic. 
I'm gonna. I'm saving my arguments for our actual podcast. All right, all right, fair enough, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah, save it, save it. We're I, y'all, yeah. we're gonna do that one. Or I'm gonna dive deep with that one. I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna fucking attack you guys, man. Is it, I'm not gonna <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I know that in the like our our rule of thumb is always been that the movies have to be on either Hulu, Amazon Prime, or Netflix. I would be willing to bend the rules for this one, and I we would. We've made exceptions before it. with our first podcast. We we made an exception. That was the was first like, one. So that's different. That was the only. But, but yeah, isn't, I mean, isn't this just as important? <laughs> that's exactly what we're saying here. That's exactly what we're saying here. I think the Cat in the Head is on Netflix, anyways, right now. No, it's not. Uh, Hold on. Let me look uh, this up. If uh, no way, Aaron, look that up. I got it. It was Jenny at least at one. It was at one point got taken off and then it got put back on again. Yeah, I I bet it I bet it got taken off due to an excessive amount of complaints. It was like this More is like scaring my children. More like excessive amount of viewership, baby. Come on now. <laughs> so everybody was fighting over it. Everybody was Their fighting over it. Their servers can't handle that kind of traffic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's not enough bandwidth in the world. There's not. Oh. Uh-huh. Man, come on. Yeah. There we go. Oh, yeah. Wait, did you bring is John Lithgow in it? Is that how we got on Cat in the Hat? Or did you just uh, want I think to get that No, we, we were just talking about, uh, I assume it was Mike Myers, the connection there with Shrek, because we were going on Shrek. Oh, yeah, Shrek. Oh, I assume yeah, that was yeah, what yeah. it was. I think we were talking about hills that we die on, too. Anyways. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You, would, you, you have been adamant that you would die on that hill. Um, and I yeah. think he will. I think he will end up dying. Oh, that's what we were talking about. We were talking about hills we would die on. Yeah, no, but, and I, because uh, I was, I was gonna die on the the Santa Claus Hill. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. That's yeah. how we got here. Yeah. No, so Let's get back to uh, a yeah, real no. classic of blowout. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, while we're while we're on the topic, like um, we talked about really cool shots earlier. One I wrote down was like that kind of like circular panning shot with all the sound effects, as like John Travolta is like in his manic state of working. Mm-hmm. And it's like kind of mounts in the middle and it's just like spinning. That was a really cool one. Um, yeah. I'm sure it was probably pretty exhausting for John Travolta, but it definitely, oh, yeah. definitely paid off. Yeah. Once again, like, I mean, like Aaron said before, they really do a good job of showing you like the process without like fucking, they don't really explain anything that they're doing. It's kind of like, it's just kind of like understood, I guess, I suppose. Yeah. They uh, don't, you know, they don't yeah. take the time to go. This uh, like oh this is what I'm doing this is what I'm doing here I'm loading up the, like the real or like or like bringing like a random off character like hey what are you doing like you don't work yeah. here like like you know like <laughs> hey what are you doing and then he explains everything you know just no, so the audience does it. it he just fucking does it it's awesome and that's good you know you can't hold the audience's hand through everything you just, and and it's better for it which movies are usually <laughs> I mean that. speaking about complaining about fucking Hollywood these days is that's what they do all the time. It's the, mm-hmm. oh, hey, what are you doing? That type of character that really pisses yeah. me off in a movie. If you know yeah. how to, like, oh, make me just hate your movie right off the bat, do that. Just I'll tear it to shreds. It's so annoying. If you guys Don't are, hold my uh... hand. I can, I can look with eyes. I have them. I have two eyes. I use them to watch the movie that you produced and that I'm watching and I paid for usually. Have Walk you guys, uh, did you ever see the, uh, the roast of James Franco a few years ago? Of course. Uh, maybe. Yeah, Dura, uh, Bill, Bill. First of all, it's the best one they've done for Comedy Central. It's the best I, one. I thought the Rob but, Lowe one was your favorite. No, oh no, Rob Lowe's no. roast. I thought you always no. liked. In high school, I could have sworn you were always like, "Oh, the Rob Lowe ho- roast was amazing." That was probably just the roast that came out at that time. They only do oh, once boy. per year. Yeah, uh, but no, James Franco one's the best. I only bring that up because Bill Hader had a joke where he talked about his career. He's like, "I'm just the guy you bring in," and I go. 
wait, you're really going to Hawaii? And then I just disappear for the rest of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so wait, you're really going to Hawaii? Oh what movie is that from? I don't know the reference. Now he's just like making. He's talking about what you're talking about. He's oh the yeah, guy the... that comes in out of nowhere, like explains gotcha. what's going on or sets up an explanation, and then he's just gone. And yeah. he's like, "That's what I do." Speaking of which, why hasn't there been like any any more roasts? Like, they basically? stopped. I don't. Oh, I think this is why uh, Comedy Central is going. They're moving towards all adult animation. They're getting rid of everything. Are you serious? They can't. They canceled Tosh.0, they canceled Drunk History, um, anything that has people in it, they're just getting rid of. They're right now, they only have two animation. They, yeah, it's they funny. only have two live action shows, and one of them has Aquafina. So they did. They did the opposite like ten years ago, where they can't. They canned all of their animation, and then they were just doing yeah, live action stuff. Trying what to the compete with that. Adult Swim is one of the few networks that has actually been able to kind of like not survive, but semi thrive. I mean, not saying that they have the same numbers that they were back in the day, but like they 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 definitely like they're still kind of you know prospering Dude. in this uh, in yeah. this non, you know TV age, I guess the the internet age. Cartoon well, yeah, Cartoon I mean, Network uh, with their uh, HBO like deal they have right now is going off. Have you guys seen the shit that they're releasing? Infinity uh, train. Me want to, it's making me want to get HBO Max. Like I, I have. Dude, like, I, I told you, I'll let you use my account, dude. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Dude, right. the new show by the creator of regular show was fucking amazing. It was so good. It's like called Close Enough, I think. It's fucking amazing, dude. It was so good. I watched it in yeah. one day. There's classics, man. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. Same with uh, think, there's that new yeah. Adventure Time show. They have Infinity Train that just came out. I'm Cartoon, and, Cartoon Network and Adult Swim, man. I'm telling you, man, they're, they're killing it. Absolutely. They really are. They went through, like, a, a dry spell for, like, a hot minute. A post, like, Adventure Maybe, like, time. mid-teens. Mid-teens, I would mm. say. But they've definitely, like, they, they've definitely hit a stride now. They're picking yeah. up new shows and a lot of it, a lot in production. A lot coming back, kind of, uh, a semi, like, in rerun form. But they're getting, and, uh, like, uh, they're getting a lot of their creators back that they had back in the day with, like, yeah. Flapjack and shit like that and Chowder. And they're not doing too bad on streaming, too. I mean, they've got yeah. a bunch of shows on, on Hulu, obviously a lot on HBO. And, uh, oh, yeah, and, the new and, uh, Rick and Morty, the creator, Justin Roiland's new show, Solar Opposites, which was fucking oh, amazing. Yeah. That's, that, that's, that's making a killing. I know, I know yeah, that, that show was really good. I was impressed with it. Yeah, I know. You know, but uh, back to back to blow yeah. Honestly, I think uh, I think um, the the ending is just so I don't know. Like I I keep on making that reference. It's just so Brian De Palma. It's it's like the 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 what is it? The contrast of like the you know Sally getting killed or strangled and the Jubilee. You know, with all like the colors, blah blah blah, red, white, and blue. You know, obvious obvious like you know political like uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, innuendos or motifs, and, uh, and and just all the shots, like all the all the all the all the tracking shots uh, of the killer, John Lithgow, and uh, and Sally, and then and then John Travolta obviously driving through fucking what is it, Philadelphia on a jeep. Yeah, come on, what more do you want? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what more do you want? Not much more you could ask for there. It was I, I what I thought was the, the best part of the ending. What made it a perfect ending was when they used her scream in the the movie that they had in the beginning. And it was just like this perfect circle. Mm-hmm. That was that wow. was Brian De Palma just saying, let me put this yeah. check. Uh, you know, let me, <laughs> uh, let me just 
fucking, you know, come on, you guys. All right, let me, let me, <laughs> you know, he was just fucking flexing yeah. on that part. Oh, yeah, that I think that was his goal for sure. Literally. Um, <laughs> I, a few more notes before we wrap up. I really liked Manny, the the <laughs> pimp of sorts. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's like, hey, baby, come on, come on. It's all fun, you know. I would have saved you. I would have saved you. Uh, he was awesome. Um, he had like the gross wife beater that was all like. Oh, he was disgusting. Yeah, the horrible apartment. Um, and speaking of apartments, uh, I feel like John Travolta's was suspiciously amazing for a sound guy on really bad movies. It was like a two-story apartment in like downtown with like super cool furniture. That was. Oh, God, I honestly can't even remember. What yeah, I can't either. Oh, it was really Maybe nice. Remembering I, a different yeah, movie. That'd be a cool apartment. Um, and then I had one another quote that I loved uh, was from Sally. Can I make you something to eat? How about some cornflakes? That's <laughs> that's comedy. That's Dude, comedy right there. That's what we. That's what we in the business call humor. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, that's the, that's that's the cherry on top. I I couldn't agree more. That that ending was beautiful. All right. Okay. Let me get to our uh, our closing thoughts, gentlemen. Sounds good to me. Sounds good. Right, Aaron, Aaron, why don't you start off? Yeah, I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, it's like I said in the beginning, it's a love letter to movie making. I love what Gio said about the comparison to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's just taking that that different aspect of like the like the on set vibes between uh, for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and then the post production side for this one, and I find that. Uh, really enjoyable because like i said the my favorite part of the movie was when i saw him cutting together the uh like syncing the audio with the the picture and i was just like yes i loved that part uh but yeah this is an excellent movie it's i totally see why it's such a classic now it's a movie that i've i, I think i had on my watch list for like a million years it's one of those you know that you have on your watch list you just never get to but i'm glad i got to it you know shout out to foley artists and sound mixers sound editors we love you. Uh, I will have heroes. to give this. Uh, I'm torn between like a seven or an eight. I'll say eight. I'm comfortable with an eight. Right. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, this movie. Uh, it, it's just so good technically. Incredible cinematography. We actually didn't touch on this, but a great score. This was a really good oh, score. Yeah. Um, solid acting from everyone, particularly uh, John Travolta was really strong. Uh, I th- thought it was very entertaining. It was a good watch, and, and the ending like made it for me. I think that was why I liked it more. As I thought about, it, was just how perfect that ending was. I just loved it. Uh, for me, it's a it's a solid eight out of ten. Yeah, no, I mean, you guys already. I think you guys already covered it, and already know my thoughts uh, on this. Yeah, it, it's amazing. It, it, it's this is just what De Palma does. You know, he makes great films, and he's a filmmaker. This is this is this is peak. Uh, De Palma, and it's got that classic smooth sax, just you know, lullabying you the whole way, the whole way through. It's got all the all the classic shots, you know, the split screens, the POVs on your hands, you know, the uh, of the killer, all that, and uh, it's a fantastic story. It, it's uh, just notes of filmmaking. I I love it. John Travolta's best role, and uh, uh, an absolute classic. Uh, I love it. It's an eight out of ten for me. Solid eight out of ten. Uh, it, it's great, man. Brian Palmer, forever. Y'all rated it the All same right. thing. That's surprising. We hardly ever do that. It's a rare one, yeah. It's yeah. only happened a few times, I think. Um, okay. <clears throat> Thank you for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed it. Till the next time.
I'm Spencer. I'm Aaron. I'm Gio. And this has been the 35mm colonoscopy podcast telling you uh, to maybe think twice before getting a blowjob in a phone booth.